you found the coffee stop by day one members this is the show for cyclists who need to get faster but also want to look great on their bikes while we don't teach you the latest fashion trends and hairstyles we'll help you get that edge you need to gain more speed with smart training and the latest tech talk here are your hosts anthony walsh and stephen dugan Hello lads, welcome. Uh, so Stephen Duggan isn't around today and we're going to try a new special guest host today. I have on Pulse Chain Reactions writer Sean McKenna with me. Hello things lads. So Sean's going to fill in for Stephen and if he doesn't make an absolute bollocks of it we might have him back uh, next week. But Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, he's on air here for the first time so he's sweating bullets in the chair beside him. It started raining outside the train so I just came in here and just thought I'd hang out here for the day and I got roped into this. So uh, a bit of background for anyone that doesn't know what Sean's been up to. Myself and Sean were teammates for the f- first half of last season with Aqua Blue. Mm. Uh, and Ireland Aqua Blue are the team that's stepping up to Pro Conti for next year. I'm still with the amateur team. With Sean's departing for Greener Pastures, joining on Pulse Chain Reactions for next season. You stagiered with them last season, didn't you? I did indeed. I've, from August on, I was with them. So I was there for about a month, month and a half. And got my ass handed to me. Um, did you ever get dropped inside the first 10k of a race yes my last race I got now in fairness that was won by um, what's your man uh, Vermont was it and Kittle was there um, who's the other lad for quick step who won the, the scratch world a few years ago nearly won Ronald San Remo he crashed um, I remember watching one that was a Doors Doors Hent Hageland I pronounced that quite well that, that'd be my first race as a Stagiaire for on post and start line of that was uh, Nicky Terpstra, Tom Boonan, standard enough like. I told you, watch Nicky Terpstra and what happened? Yeah, Nicky won. Nicky won and you DNF'd. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get to see 100 glamour. So we're hoping we can uh, inspire Sean to something a little bit better next season. Yeah, hope no, for the best, but expect the worst. <laughs> but all joking aside, the first year at... Conti is a bit of a learning curve. The average speeds are up. You're obviously thrown in against some of the big boys, so we'd expect Sean to do a little bit better next year. If he doesn't, he could be back here hosting the podcast full time. <laughs> More than likely. We'll see how we go. Uh, Sean, right, it's getting pretty cold here. I was away in Spain with the A1 training camp uh, last 10 days ago in Cambrils. We got 20 or so lads out there. Go crack. We got for some. Yeah, four or five hours a day when you were here freezing your ass off. Something along those lines. Uh, so necessity at this time of year, it's the turbo trainer. Yeah, I was talking to a lad actually of training today and he was and he was saying that he's going to have to make an investment in one with the dark evenings, dark cold evenings, getting super cold now. So um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately where most of us are going to end up because with this stupid country, it's close to impossible to get out some of the days where it's ice or bad weather or whatever. So unfortunately, it's looking like a few hours in the worst place in the world. I believe you have a famous quote. If you were given half an hour li- half an hour to live, where would you spend it, Anthony? Yeah, Torch trainer, she lasts forever. <laughs> so it can never end. So I want to give you a, a couple of ways that I find to pass the time a little bit faster in Torbo trainer. Sean probably has a couple of his own, and then we'll give you a couple of sessions. But before we get into that, speaking of ice at this time of year, <laughs> how many times have you crashed in the last week, Sean? That's... Twice in seven days. <laughs> Twice in seven days, he said to think. Yeah, real me good A1 kit now. Yeah, we got the brand new A1 kit and we were out with one of our mates, uh, Irish triathlete, Brian Kane. And me and Brian stopped because I dropped my glasses. We came around the next corner and Sean's just uh, looking sulky, stopped on the road. We're like, what happened to you? Nothing, I don't want to talk about it. 
Yeah, well, one of the better moments. That's one of those when you think you're a good mechanic, you're just better off giving the bike to the bike shop. Uh, that was a mechanical error on my part, but no chain rings on a new chain. They don't go well together. And in yesterday's crash, was definitely pilot error. Oh, yeah, it was 100% me showing off a mountain bike and uh, didn't go to plan. <laughs> and, so. and so we say crashes come in trees, so... Uh, he, he, he two or three very narrow escapes out training today so expect next week for Sean's back guest hosting the podcast we could be doing it live from Ballmount Hospital yeah, and you wonder why we're plugging turbo trainers like you can't really fall off them so I could probably spend the next few weeks on them do you know actually funny story I fell asleep on the rollers yeah. before <laughs> I was in college at the time and I ridiculous hours uh, in college and I was coming home and I had some compulsory dinner thing that I had to go to and it was like 11 o'clock and I had to get up and do a 90-minute session on the rollers. And I remember the moments where I thought, I wonder if I could have closed my eyes for a couple <laughs> of seconds on the rollers. I fell off upside down through the coffee table. I was living at home at the time. My ma came in. What's wrong with you? I was like, fucking nothing. Leave me alone, Grant. Through the coffee table. Like, really, do you do, do you ever? <laughs> that's... I remember doing the late, late night session myself and I used to get me children to toss the waterfall and show his coffee table. Yeah, it was bad stuff, bad stuff. Don't close your eyes on the turbo. Right, so a couple of ways you can pass the time on the turbo. Here's with a few of your top tips there, Sean. Um, I have to credit Sean Lacey with this one. Uh, our team, a teammate of ours, uh, changed our hand position every five minutes, whether it's to the centre of the bar, from the centre of the bars to the holds to the drops. It just, every five minutes, swap it up and it's like the best thing that ever happens yeah, for five minutes you just can't wait to change your hand position and it just makes time pass almost quick it sounds so stupid but it beats looking at the wall at least you're going jeez I wonder what the holds would be like and it's something to look forward to especially if it's a steady state interval like you're doing 20 minutes yeah. threshold or something and then it's no harm like because it's not as if you race in the centre of the bars the whole time like you are going to be changing it up and it does recruit different muscles so it's not a, it actually does have some positives that it does um work well in the real world um and it passes the time most importantly on the turbo trainer so my ones are not as like they're better they're better than his. <laughs> he's got like some, some move your fucking hands like i tell you that goes a long way uh, mine is netflix that's my tip yeah, yeah it's cheating ipad and netflix and possibly youtube and the gcn show pretty solid yeah. About 25 minutes there yeah can we mention the chance I'm not sure but yeah uh, we'd be right we'd be kicking them out of the water so <laughs> uh, GCN show old cycling clips watching old cycling races oh, there you go watching 2004 Paris-Roubaix or something I've got a better one the Strada Bianchi stays in the year a few years ago yeah the Cadell Evans one aye and he wipes the dirt off the world champs stripes That's as he crosses the line if you can't do a hard interval to that now you're, you're in the wrong sport uh, yeah so YouTube Netflix a good speaker and a fan on front of you, they're my, they're my absolute essential tips David, uh, for Torbo. Training partner of ours, Colin Cassidy, has a, quite a number of fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a pastime at this stage, about six fans set up in front of him. So. He used to train, he lived in my aunt's house in Canada, and downstairs in the basement he had his like little Torbo training lair, and he had so many fans downstairs, it was like walking onto the top of Mount Everest when he went down and he just doing a throwable session. Yeah, that's, yeah, it does go a long way though. There's nothing worse than just that stagnant air. You can't breathe when you're stuck indoors. So probably the best way to pass time on the turbo, it's having a session with a bit of structure in it. Like, it's hard to go and do like 
I never really ride. I know you're talking about John Lacey. I know he does four or five hour rides on the walk bike. I never do more than 90 minutes. Uh, and at that, even if it's 90 minutes, I'll always break it up with a shitload of intervals. So give me one of your favorite sessions to pass the time there. Uh, again, another one passed down, passed down by you. Um, it's one minute on, one minute off for 12 minutes. Well, sorry, it actually adds up to, it's 12 minutes of on and 12 minutes of off. So it's 24 minutes in total. Um, and your one minute on is like full gas, so zone five more or less, but it's consistent. You don't want to do your first one, and by the end, you can't even do the last one. It's the same as your off pace. So make sure it's consistent the whole time. It is zone five. You don't go totally off the walls, and then zone one and recovery in between one minute. Um, and they're horrific, but they do go quick. You've 24 minutes done before you know it. I actually tried this session with. Uh Buggle, Aaron Buggle, who coaches in A1 as well. Uh, we went to the Khyber Pass in the Phoenix Park. Anyone from Ireland will know it there. And the first one, I was thinking, Buggle wasn't training very much at the time. And the first one, he went out so hard. And I was thinking, oh, he's in good shape here. I'm in trouble. He got about six in and he started peeling off layers. The helmet <laughs> came off. The hat came off. The arm warmers came off. And he left them on a bench. He dropped out after eight and he came back and was a homeless lad trying to rob his hat and his helmet. I came down for me ninth one. He was nearly at blows with the homeless lad over ownership of the helmet. So there you go. Don't go out too too hard or you'll pay for homeless lad to rob your stuff. <laughs> so I like I like all that changes in tempo as well. So I go in 60 to 90 minute. I go a progressive warm-up where I'm changing transition from zone one all the way into zone three for a 10 minute warm up and then the same for the warm down where it's a regressive warm up starting zone three and back to zone one over the course of 10 minutes and then in the center of it i'll do 30 minutes where i'll try and do a sprint every third minute full gas 10 second sprint and then i'll try and add in two seven minute intervals in the middle of the session and the two seven minutes they'd be broken down as four minutes zone three three minutes zone four and the zone three bit is a low cadence around 60 rpm and the zone four bit is a higher cadence at about 100 to 110 rpm sounds like there's a lot in that session but it's i can pop it in the the downloads below so you can actually make sense of that or just rewind it that's only one of the ones right down the palm of your hand and then starts getting sweaty and you can't see it anymore and you don't know what's going on it's like the session sean had last week <laughs> uh this is a session it was meant to be 12 minutes or 15 seconds coming to a stop and then it's a zone three effort winding up. It's a strength. It's a muscular endurance effort. He misread the session and he ended up doing like a 15 minute or 12 minute Tabata with 15 seconds at like 550 watts, 15 seconds recovery, 15 seconds of 550 yeah. watts. There's a lot of advantage to, uh, to training with people. But when I try and watch, it always ends up with a smashing session. Like when you see the foam coming from his mouth and he starts closing his eyes for the 15 seconds, you can't help yourself with going full gas. Like it's just, it's, it's fun to watch him suffer. As he says, uh, what was it? Um, misery loves company. Yeah, I genuinely nearly cycled full <laughs> gas into an oncoming car during that session because I had my eyes closed. We did it around the airport and we got hit by a fucking plane a few times. Yeah, it's, it's, fucking, it's dangerous around there. So <laughs> your your big change this year, Sean, is you've moved away from a lot of long, slow, steady yeah. miles. And what are you doing now? Yeah, the, as you said, the, the long, steady stuff is seems to be outdated these days and they have a new coach these days and um, he has been doing a lot of uh, intensity stuff just um, just what out to bass yeah no I gotta go bollocking for doing that man and <laughs> um, no like as you said it, there's a lot of strength work uh, in the gym as well like 
I I was a marching for just cycling around for four or five hours a day, looking at as you'd say the daffodils growing. Um, but and then I was told I had to do intervals this this winter, and I thought your man was crazy. But um, here this it's supposed to work. Um, going well at the moment. With I don't really want to get dropped after ten k again. So um, according to you lads and all the bloody scientists. This is the way to go. Yeah, intensity in the winter, like we've been harping on about for a long time now, the results we're getting with intensity in the winter, it's just far beyond. Because Joe Friel has this thing years ago. Joe Friel wrote training, uh, Cycling Training Bible. If anyone hasn't read it, it's a classic for cycling coaches, riders, brilliant. And Joe Friel, one of the concepts he talks about and is this building a wide base in the winter. But for most of us listening, you know, we can't ride. You know, Sean's full-time. He's got most of the hours in the day to ride. Most of us have jobs, family, stuff like that. So if you're talking about a wide base, you might only have six to eight hours a week to train. And if you only have six hours to train a week, how can you build this wide base he's talking about? So for me, I think it's been redefined into a high TSS load rather than a wide base. And the TSS can be achieved through a combination of duration and intensity. So if duration is fixed at six to eight hours a week, we need to start ramping up the intensity. And doing that in a really structured way, like those sort of turbo sessions, yeah. like especially that one Sean saying, the minute on, minute off, that's a killer. Mm-hmm. And that's going to pull all your other stuff up. And, you know, if you're not doing intensity all winter, like you always see them lads, you know, in March and they're in the car park and they're going, oh, Jesus, how didn't I get in that break? <laughs> but they haven't done any intensity all yeah. winter. There's always those lads who start the season so, so slow. And the only time they do the intensity is when they start racing. And it's too late and it takes them three months to, three months playing catch up. And it just doesn't work. Like, as I said, I've only started like doing this intensity stuff, and I, to be honest, it's just a tradition thing to do those long, boring, stupid miles during the winter. Um, like to be honest, I probably learned from my dad. No offense, right? And his poor dad probably thinks he's fucking steered me wrong. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's just tradition. It's what he did. It's what all the lads he raced against would have done in the winter. Um, but like these days, you see. The likes of it again, six day and some of the road riders doing or the six day track racing, and then and a lot of the road riders doing cyclocross as well. Like they're doing intensity during the winter, like why I'm die. So who's who's I know Cavendish is doing the six day Wiggins has been doing, but loads of the Wiggins lads, even the Revolution, there's loads yeah, of lads out as well. I'd say ninety percent of the Wiggins team do it during the winter. Like all the GB lads, like they're known for their scientific approach to train like every single GB rider is on the track this winter you look at like all these lads who I would race against in order 23 and like John Dibb who came third in order 23 Flanders um, or could have been even second like he's riding all these six days he's doing all the revolution series it's it as I said the GB boys know what they're doing and they're all doing it and like and it's not just them you've the likes of Viviani and Ilio Kaiser and like all the road riders you, you used to run the track and hadn't a clue who any of the riders were nowadays it's it's most of the pro road peloton like. got a question for Anthony or Stephen visit them online a1members.com the coffee stop by day one members will be right back did you see Cavendish dancing warming up outside of the I did Jay he's got a work to do <laughs> he's uh, he's <laughs> he should stick to sprinting speaking of a lot of work to do on dancing we had our uh, aqua blue end of I don't know if it's end of, I suppose it is an end of season wrap up but also two of the boys signed pro for next year on post and then we lost our manager to the aqua blue pro team for next year so it was a bit of a celebration as well 
So we're a team that tries to transition people on to the next level, but we had a bit of a warm-up there or a bit of a night out, let the hair mm. down there. And <laughs> there was a bit of Cavendish YMCA going on, right? Yeah, Sean dances like Peter Crouch. He's got some mental moves on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Can't, can't argue with that. Like, that's, that's fairly spot on. Like. I think that's basically the only story that's suitable for that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, maybe a bag of chips after, but everything in between is kind of. Colin Cassidy likes to get naked quite a lot. <laughs> I thought that would have been one of the things that you wouldn't say, but uh, I won't got the details about it. But he does like to get his clothes off at almost every. We all nearly died on one occasion during that night, so that's. So I think you were the only one not drinking, and you ended up getting chased with a by a homeless man with a knife. <laughs> yeah, it's something about sober people because they stand out. So you're just you're just it's as if you have a target on their back, like. <clears throat> so we'd arranged to go train the next morning I think there was nine of us down there or something we'd arranged to go for a training spin the next morning uh, I think three lads made the training spin yeah. I had one and a half hour sleep and I went out to as <coughs> uh, again mentioned Sean Lacey and he uh, found the L high intensity during the winter and after an hour and a half sleep uh, high intensity isn't exactly what you're looking for but that's what I got and I got my ass handed to me for four hours um, on a main road the clonic hill the end back and uh, I still haven't recovered but it could be worse uh, <laughs> and I woke up with a half naked man beside him so yeah. <laughs> castle <Yeah. laughs> disaster Lacey's fond of an ambush I have to say he ambushed me last year now, I was down in Cork down his neck of the woods he said oh you going out for a handy spin I said yeah brand uh, I had no breakfast around rocked out thinking we'd do you know, two hours to the coffee shop I think we'd race the day before two hours to the coffee shop Turns up, I see a can of coke in his back pocket, a load of gels bulging out of his other back pocket. It ended up being a four and a half to five hour absolute smash fest. I creeped home. Uh, there you go. And it do, in fairness, it does work for him. He's won basically every single race in the calendar, so you can't really knock his training methods. He's not one for the slow mile, so if that's not an advertisement for high intensity working during the winter, I don't know what it is. Yeah, we'll get him in an ambush up in Dublin someday where we'll turn up on the TT bikes and just smash him out of it. Someday. Uh, speaking of TT bikes, uh, one of our teammates, Greg Swinnens, uh, was in Colorado during the week for an attempt at the Irish Masters Aero record, and he ended up smashing the Masters Aero record and the Elite record. I think it was, was 46.1, I think, and he did a 48.9. Did he do 48? I think Pretty so. solid. Uh, I should know, he's, he is our. It's my ex-teammate now, but he's our teammate. Yeah, and he also had another one of our teammates uh, acting as his stand-in track coach for the day, Matteo Segala, the mad Italian. So Ferrari, I thought. Yeah, he is. He's like the Ferrari. He's like the Ferrari. <laughs> if anyone's going for the Euro records, you need Matteo. <laughs> he gets you going. He'll hook you up with a motor. <laughs> uh, but there's there's a lot that goes into that Euro records. Like Greg, like what are we at now? November twenty fourth or something. And Greg went yeah. for it two days ago, and. You know, the season ended last race was when I can't remember Greg's last race in September sometime. And around then. So it's difficult motivation wise to keep yourself going, but also to get that big peak in fitness. I would have imagined Greg took a break in around September and then started building again towards maybe had an easy week around September and then started building really towards this loads of threshold work. It'd be nearly all threshold work. So I assume so. And obviously on the T T bike as well. 
yeah, in that position because it's so different. I know Greg lives in, at the foot of the mountains, but it's so, so different putting out, like you were talking about earlier on, intervals. You've never really done interval on the flat. Yeah, putting 300 watts down the climb versus on the flat, flatbed road is a totally different ball game altogether. Um, it's actually something I struggled with when I was away. As Anthony said there, I've never really done too many intervals on the flat. And uh, I went to a country that is as flat as a pancake. And average speed of like 48, 50 kilometers an hour for nearly the whole race. And I just hadn't the speed in the legs, like um, whereby there was no point in Greg doing his intervals up a climb because he needs to put the speed or he needs to put the power down on a flat bit of road. And it's just a totally different muscle group altogether. Um, so there is a lot to be said to, as you've always said to me, you got to train to, I don't know, to mimic the, what you're going to be racing in anyway. So like there was no point in me doing, that was my mistake last year, doing intervals and climbs and I was going to be racing on the flat. Like it's, it seems obvious, but at the time it feels like you're doing the right thing, but then you get your ass on the team, you go, what the hell did you do wrong there? Yeah, it's just that theory of speci- specificity. It's always tough word to say, specificity. Yeah, I leave you with the big word. <laughs> Uh, yeah you need to be mimicking the demands of racing so if you're training just in hills and you're hoping to perform on the flat it's just not going to happen for you so Greg he probably done I would say 70 to 80 percent of all his rides in that aero position because it's well you know you can be on the TT bike and not in the TT bars you see lads going out for a spin and they're spending the whole day in the hoods it's very different being in the extreme TT position head tucked and getting used to holding that position because mm-hmm. over the course of so I suppose the best way to break down this air record is a number of different things there's logistic aerodynamic equipment pacing training you did that well I was talking about it yeah it's <laughs> knowledge it's just ingrained yeah so geez. logistical commitment Greg obviously he had a big enough support team for this air record attempt he was at I think two track camps prior to it but you know, he had Matteo who's loads of experience and was able to go away with him for two, three weeks and he was you know he was called split. Yeah, he's, he was just that that extra set of hands that you do need, like as he said, calling splits and even stupid stuff like putting your bike having your bike ready for you and all those little one percent things that do make a difference. Um just he was the all Greg had to worry about basically was riding his bike and Matteo did the rest like. I've no idea what gear Greg offered, do you know? Haven't a clue. Big one. Yeah, I would imagine he rode around the 92-inch gear, but we might try and get Gregor Matteo on next week. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, the, yeah. As they say. And Vote for it. Who do you want to hear about Gregor Matteo? Matteo <laughs> is a beautiful-looking man, but it's a podcast, so you might get the yeah, full yeah, benefit of it. You might need Google Translate on the side. Like, Matteo's yeah. these mental expressions, like the, he calls the knock a food crisis. Yeah, or he's great. He's He's a huge arse as well, but you won't get to see that on the podcast. Nah, you again, you won't get to see that on the podcast. You could stick up a picture of him during the podcast. You can just enjoy yourselves looking at him. You would, lad. This podcast is torn in a slightly worrying direction towards homoerotic yeah. sort of... Uh, Call-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so the logistic that to get over there, Colorado, he had the record attempt at altitude. Uh, he had to acclimatise the altitude like he was there I think two weeks prior to the record attempt he actually flew back the day after did you see yeah like, that's, that's rough going doing on the budget yeah. no party in there um, like it's as you said it, the altitude thing it's all this air like we saw when Bradley Wiggins was doing his air, his uh, air record like air pressure is a big big thing and 
obviously. Uh, he, I think there was an article on the air pressure, the, how it affected even his, his closed water bottles. Like it, it's just there's so much less. So the idea is you move quicker, but there's no air up there. That's kind of an issue, but you can adjust to it. Yeah, but, you are out here trying to count the share on post, didn't you? Yeah, it was, we went to Lavino. Um, amazing about the pros there. It's obviously like it clearly has a, a, a uh, although you have said it, it benefits some people and it's actually does more um, harm than good to other people. Um, well, I know we're one of the lads who time for the pro team for next year for Aqua, Martin Irvine. He was in the altitude tent prior to London and he said he felt like absolutely glued to the road because of it. Mm. But if if you do adjust well to it, um, it can have huge benefits. And obviously, Greg adjusted well to it, and obviously the lower air pressure meant it it did help with um, moving faster for the air record, which is obviously what it's all about. Um, but as you said, logistically, it's easier said than done. He, he did need a big team behind him and all those other wonderful things. So if anyone's going for the air record, it's definitely not a solo mission. You need to have a bit of a team behind you we might uh, Sean might go for the old A1 hour there next year I, don't know, I hope so lads I'm always look at TTs I believe that's one of the good lads he'd be in now with a saddle non-stop yeah. like, but to book Greg's record in the context Greg covered what 48 kilometres yeah. Eddie Merckx rode 52 kilometres on a road bike for the indoor record well, I, if I'm going to do it I have to go with the minute on minute off approach and <laughs> <laughs> see what that does because I can't do that it's like the turbo trainer sessions holding the same speed all day it's too boring to me actually, I know a buddy of mine went for the Canadian record he actually got the Canadian record and he got 49 kilometers. you know Ed Villa mm-hmm. and he said it was the worst hour of his life yeah, it's just boring like, never end he's pure testosterone as well so he probably went out like 500 watts and then just blew his lights for the next 50 minutes uh, wattage wise Greg would have held I would say in the ballpark 360 to 380 yeah I would have said mid to high 380 yeah. or 300s even um, sure that's what he holds all winter anyway he's jeez I'll never forget the trains uh, the winters we had sitting on his way yeah. but he's a great man for just holding that uh, intensity all day like I, I'm rubbish at it there's no doubt about it um, I can't do the steady stuff um, as well as other people can but um, Greg is, is brilliant for it it's just about holding that type of effort for as long as he can and then equipment wise he went with it. I didn't see what tires he went with I don't know if they were the proper full-on nerd tires like the you know Veloflex records something like that. I think that. they were. I think they were Tory something or something. Right. Uh, but they were fast. Greg wouldn't be a man for skimping on that type of stuff. No, but he, he did go with a bike that wasn't massively aerodynamic. It was very yeah. nice now, but it wasn't massively aerodynamic. Alex, um, goes to show you like it's all this research stuff. It's one of the areas that you don't have to be too worried about. Obviously. Like, what is it, the bike's 10% of your aerodynamic? Yeah, something like that. And your body is 90. Like, Greg's been to the wind tunnel um, and stuff like that. Like, it's there's other areas where you can make up the time. It obviously wasn't huge. You worried about the track, about the frame, but, like, he did have the double disc uh, set up. Fast tires. His position was spot on. Um, fast helmet. And that's... And I know he done a lot of testing with the helmet. He he done you know them roll down tests the Castle used to do. So it's you're getting a fixed hill, and you're just getting to the top of the hill in a position that you're documenting, like in your TT position, but knowing where your elbows are, knowing where your hands are. And you try helmet A. You roll to the bottom of the hill. You see how far you get. Mark it with chalk. Come back up. Do the same with helmet B. Keep all the other variables the same. Mark it again, and 
you know, trial and error, if you run four or five tests on each helmet, you'll start to see a bit of a pattern on which the faster one is for you. Uh, Greg, that's one of the tests he would use, but he put a lot of work into his helmet choice. But I was surprised to see he went with, you know, obviously sponsor driven, but he went with our team skin suit. He went with the yeah. Aquaman skin suit, which I know there's faster skin suits out there because that's not really optimized for. Yeah, it's again one of the areas that, like, he obviously wasn't huge. You're worried about there's other things we worry about, but his, his, his skin suit is like I've heard of mad things of like 20, 30 watt savings between a good and a bad skin suit. Um, so, God knows. Um, yeah, it definitely it's not it's not a completely shit skin suit, but I'd say there's still you know five watts between that and something like a drag to zero smart arrow suit, something like that. Probably, yeah. As I said, it's he didn't go marginal gains on it, which I think potentially leaves a window open if somebody wanted to have a go yeah. at it. But it's a it's a pretty solid record. Yeah, he the vents in the helmet and all like it wasn't total. As you said, yeah, marginal gains job, but. Sometimes that can be a comfort thing as well. Like he's obviously used to competing in that skin suit. He's used to using that helmet with that type of airflow through So when it comes down to comfort and saving time, sometimes one can weigh out the other. What did Bradley Wiggins say when he said his? He was setting a record that would stand the test of time. Will Swinon stand the test of time? Ooh. Is it, would it, or would it be like a, a Jens voice job and bring on a wave of all... i say there's a lot of lads out there looking, going, kind of going, well, I could do that. Um Personally, I would because I thought that looked absolutely atrocious and fair play to Greg. That was some record. Um, but I'd say there's a lot of lads sitting at home going, wouldn't mind trying that. So God knows if it'll stand the test of time. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be good to see lads doing it. I think um, a few more lads will go for it. Hopefully, because it's 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 a very historic event. Like The air record, it, has, it did have its quiet period there for a while, but they did bring it back and it, it was brilliant watching like the build-up to like Devisit's record, Wigan's record. Um, there's no reason why the Irish has can't do the same. Like it's, it's class, it's great to watch. But I also think it's more expensive than people realise to go for a record yeah. like that. Greg kind of we'll get Greg or Matteo on and you know they can go through exactly what it cost to do it. But I ballpark that probably cost him fifteen thousand euro. At least he was what was he nearly a month in America, he's two training camps, all the equipment should the equipment alone is couple of thousand euro. Yeah, he borrowed a bit of a one. Yeah, know. but that's someone had to buy it. Um and track time it's time away from your family as well. Like you count an opportunity cost there now. It's like Greg's an economist, you love that. Here's nerdy wall trade to make this conversation boring. <laughs> we'll get Greg on next week and we'll uh, tune that out. So what you can do is you can vote if you want to just get rid of McKenna or not like Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Sean back next week, let us know is he any good. If not, we'll just we'll banish him to the hell that is the Unpost House. We'll get Stephen back. Yeah, Stephen will be back uh, with his broadcasting live from the golf course in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you're getting the truth here, lads. This is we, we we have plenty more stories to come, so make sure you ask me back. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, desperation. I, 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 have, I have a lot of time in my hands. <laughs> I have loads of stories. All right, lads. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back to you next week with another edition. Nicely. Don't miss the latest training advice, tech insight, and general info from the lads. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Also, join us in the members area. Full access to training plans, nutrition info, tactics, and modules from some of the biggest names in the sport for only one euro. Check it out at www.a1members.com.